Tonight's civil politics will be a discussion about war, what it is, how it's waged, and if it's ever actually justified. It's a heavy subject, so we want to remind our listeners that this discussion, our views, and our opinions are solely our own. Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. War. War never changes. I'm not trying to be comprehensive here, but but before we have this full discussion, I think we need to start off by explaining what we're talking about, what we think we're talking about anyways when we talk about war. War isn't the same as fighting or, or killing, though it does include them. First off, war isn't personal. It's not a dispute between a couple of people uh, or even like one, you know, like a, a small, uh, you know, clique or two. It's it's between groups. It's not just dislike or animosity. They don't necessarily have to be particularly big groups, but it's more than just a couple of tough guys and their posses facing off uh, uh, for a, a, a fist fight. Even when the antagonism leads to murder, it, it's got to be bigger than that. Um, though, you know, something like the, the famous feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys, eh, that could qualify maybe. The second thing about war is it's in earnest. It won't end with a fist fight uh, behind the dumpsters. You, you can't leave it behind at the office. It's lethal. You know, throwing eggs at someone's house isn't enough. Uh, when they put one of yours in the hospital, you put one of theirs in the morgue. Third, feelings and ideology matter. They, 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 they shape what you think about and what you care about. But fighting is about more important stuff like, like land and resources and wealth and power. You know, I don't care what some guy called your mom, but I do care about an outsider who controls our civic water supply. Fourth, it's dehumanizing. You may not use racist nicknames for the enemy. You may not consider them literally subhuman, but you, you do have to turn off your empathy if you're going to get anywhere. And, and fifth, it's not a game. It's not a sport. We may pretend there are rules, but there's no ref uh, uh, stopping the match to call a penalty. Uh, there's nothing stopping you from doing whatever you can stomach to your enemy, except fear of how they'll retaliate. Because war is binary. Kill or be killed. Domination or subjugation. Victory or death. Mercy, kindness, temperance. They're wonderful virtues, but these just spare the lives of people trying to kill you. So long as you're fighting a war, the only sensible thing to do is to try your utmost to win. You can be magnanimous in victory later, if you survive, if you win. So that, I think, is our sort of a starting point understanding for what John Run, Sue, and I have to have to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm Michael Dow. This is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And... Uh, yeah, well, first off, uh, I kind of sprang that definition on you guys just before we went on the air. So, you know, what do you think? Uh, how how good is that? Uh, After two know. hours of editing, it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving a little peek behind the curtain, apparently. Um, well, I'm glad see, it's guys, better. you should see the notes that we have. 
Uh, anyway, uh, can I you imagine that... if it were worse? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think that it's a it, it is a good base uh, description of war. There's so many reasons to, that people wage war. There's so many reasons that how there's so many ways that people wage war. Um, but in in the end, yeah, it's binary. It's yeah. kill or be killed, like you said. And um, the, we're here to see if, you know, that's something that should happen, I guess. You know, we're, we're the final arbiters here, obviously. Uh, so, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you know. <laughs> Jesus, also a reason for war. Right. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm a white guy who went to prep school and college. And, uh, you know, uh, if if I'm not. Uh, qualified to make this kind of important decision for the planet planet earth and the human race who is honestly i mean <laughs> all right well there you go um <laughs> good night everybody i jesus god so i i read Do you, the does article anybody that... else here the the union of atomic scientists there is the doomsday clock alarm ringing right now after i said all that <laughs> <laughs> perhaps but you asked who 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 should decide and i read that piece that you sent to us michael um a couple of days ago the other the other piece oh, and uh, um just for, for our listeners uh the, the piece that I, uh, sue's referring to is a short essay by uh paul fussell who was a uh, English professor who, who uh, fought in the European theater during World War II. He's written a number of really good books. Uh, Doing Battle is his memoir about the actual experience of the war. He uh, wrote some other great stuff like uh, uh, Thought and Memory in, in, in Wartime and things like that. But the essay in question is, Thank God for the Atomic Bomb. Um, and I read it like 30 odd years ago and it really profoundly shaped my thinking and I shared it with John Runsu beforehand. So, you know, uh, worth checking out uh, when you're done listening to the show, if you want to get something from the horse's mouth. I'm sorry, Sue, I just, you know, want to no, share that. No, it's good to give background on it. Um, so, uh, and I actually got some hints from my family today. I was talking to them about what we're going to do on the on the show. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I just wanted to say in response to that article, which I found very interesting that you just described, uh, my grandmother's brother was killed in World War One. Hmm. I have uh, two uncles and an aunt that served in World War II. My father uh, was in the Marines. Um, hmm. I have cousins who are in the Navy. And I've never fought in a war, but I certainly have a family that supports, has supported the wars. You know, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, World War One. So I... I, I think it'll be interesting to see how we differ on these issues tonight as we go through them. Mm. As I come at it from, you know, I don't like war, but I understand, I understand why wars are fought. I guess mm. I understand why wars are fought. So that's sort of like saying what my credentials are. <laughs> yeah, that's well, and I've, I've, I've never served. I'm a middle-aged dude who uh, grew up in America in the seventies and eighties. Uh, I registered for the draft, so because I wanted to vote and so forth. But uh, I've never served. Uh, I was never called up. There was never really any worry about being called up when I was when I was younger. Um, you know, I was twenty when the first Gulf War happened, and you know that was a big deal. But there was never any sort of concern about mass mobilization 
So my, my perspective. All right, there was no draft. Right. right. There right. was the Vietnam War. There, there was the draft in the Korean War. Yeah. Right. So, so that, you know, I, I thought about these issues even as a teenager, but, you know, I was aware that there was a certain arm's length distance that I didn't have to worry about this in the way that people in say like someone like me in 1968 would have had to worry about, uh, cause I, I wasn't going to get drafted and sent off to a rice paddy in Vietnam to kill or be killed. So that makes a difference too. Um, but I do have, uh, um, my both of my grandfathers uh served in world war ii but neither of them actually saw combat they were both administrators uh stateside and uh my uncle actually was uh an intelligence officer in vietnam uh but i don't think he spent a lot of time uh up at you know up on the on the front lines you know trading bullets with people um he did apparently come under fire a few times and he found it a terrifying experience but um it wasn't like a regular part of his day so and that's my experience of war which is to say i don't have one um sometimes i thought about what have what would happen if i got drafted and mm. i every time i think about it i would end up in some sort of jail cell mm. <laughs> what are you telling me don't tell me what to do <laughs> I have an issue with or authority. In, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't flee to Canada. I don't have the money for that. They wouldn't let me in. <laughs> no, I, I would, I would probably like if they, if someone said, "Hey, you're drafted," I'd be like, "Sure, okay," and then I would go to the base, and they'd be like, "Do exercises," and I'd be like. Now, even if I was able-bodied, which I'm not, so I wouldn't be drafted anyway. But even I, I'd be like, no, and they'd be like, you, you have to. I'd be like, no, I don't. Screw you. And then I'd probably be put in some sort of brig. No, that's not the right. Maybe brig. I don't know if I'll be on on a boat. Either uh, way, stockade. If yeah, you yeah. <laughs> I'll, something will happen. Um, and yeah, that's my credentials. I I don't like war. I don't think there should be war, but I'm pragmatist as well. <laughs> well, it's it's also worth noting, like you do have some significant disabilities. So um, in all like like there's all kinds of issues about being about drafts and whatnot. But uh, in a sensible scheme of things, I think it'd be fair to say that you would get a deferment because it's like, oh, you know, this guy isn't up to, you know, going out in the field schlepping an 80 pound pack and you know running for cover under fire and everything oh like god that. It, yeah right so like i think you would get some kind of physical deferment or at least that would be logical mm. but Me medical also, discharge yeah something Four F. i mean i thought about on the other hand yeah. you're a you know you're a large framed black american male like the idea of like letting you get off fighting and dying for the country just because of some kind of illness thing like come on you know yeah i'd like, probably it, be experimenting on or something i don't know but uh, uh, the stuff i was talking about oh is, is um hey hey you know hey <laughs> hey um but the stuff i was thinking yeah. about this is i was thinking about this in my 20s in my 30s like before yeah. i actually developed this condition like i i would they they oh. like i would be able-bodied i was relatively fit oh. nah, no 
I just be I just look at someone and be like, I'm not doing this because I this is my per. I mean, the thing this is uh, something that we really should think about when talking about war, because there are people that don't want to fight wars that think war should happen. Yeah, I can't and I won't be a party to killing anybody. I wouldn't be able to handle it, but I know that wars will happen. So I have to think about at what point do I do I think that the the country that I live in, the people that I vote for should support a war, which means I am a part of it. And how do I how do I justify that with myself? And I think everybody needs to really think about that when they're when they're cheering on a conflict or not or th- or thinking that it shouldn't happen or something like that. Like, at, and I think that's really the the general discussion that we're you know going into here. <laughs> you know, um, what at what point do we think that war should happen, and at what point are we okay with saying that war should happen? Because there are some wars that I think should happen, and yeah. it's hard for me to think about it for for me. It's hard for me to to square that in myself. But there are things, there are wars that have happened and will happen that I'm like, yeah, that that that's gonna happen. You know, like I I want to avoid it as much as possible. But because I know how humans are, you know, we're jerks and we're violent and. Um, that is the, the way that we are right now. Hopefully in the future, we won't be like that anymore and we should all try not to be. And that is the work that we are all trying to do. Um, especially on this show where we're trying to hash out differences without punching each other in the face. Um, you know, but, uh, there are some times when someone does need to get punched in the face. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I, I was trying to figure out why wars, and I, you know, I kind of agree with you that some of it's the human nature, that it just seems to be that we like to go to war every, you know, thirty or forty years, whether we have to or not. But that that piece again that that Mike sent around, they said, uh, why are there wars? There there are wars because you know, and they say there's no rules in a war, and they said because when rules fail, that's when you go to war. You know, when something happens that's outside the international understanding of what's acceptable or what's not or whose property is whom or, you know, which God is stronger than, then, you know, uh, countries, I guess we're talking about countries go to war with each other or um, tribes, you know, like a religious tribe goes to war with each other. And Games. why do the rules fail Maybe gangs go to war with each other. Why do yeah. why do the rules fail? I mean, I think that's one of the root questions. Well, I, I I'll take like, at least half a stab at that. Um, I think the the thing about rules is sometimes we have formalized, spelled out rules. You know, we have laws. You know, and in in the modern our modern age, we have things like the Geneva Convention, where it's like, yes, it's a war, but no, you may not use mustard gas on people you know like there are things where it's like we really take a dim view of using some kinds of weapons and uh if you do um it's not impossible that other uh nations will um 
Well, that that things that, there, you know, there might be war crimes trials after the war, especially if, if your side loses, but also uh, that other nations might start to get involved uh, and work against you if you, uh, you know, break those those conventions and whatnot. It's by no means guaranteed. Um, uh, if you guys remember a few years ago, we actually had a discussion about this on the show uh, when it came out like, oh, the Assad regime is using uh, chemical bombs on the insurgents uh, in the Syrian civil war and the Obama. Oh, right. 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 And the mm-hmm. Obama administration is like, uh, no, that's not cool. And, you know, we, we said, if you do this, it's going to be a problem. It's a bright red line. And when they crossed it, the Obama administration's response, their immediate response was to go to Congress for authorization to start to, to, to do more to start taking a more active uh, and direct and presumably military response. And a lot of people condemned them for that. But, um, you know, whether or not uh, uh, whether or not you want to talk, you you think like that was a good idea or the only legal course of action open to the president, which was my view. Um, But however else you want to you want to. you want to you want to parse it the uh syrians got away with it in the sense that um they uh you know like we didn't attack them because of it um there weren't uh uh well done additional um, consequences but at the same time be- because of the building pressure and whatnot there was a uh uh a wound up the we and the Russians want to brokering an agreement that the Syrians would stop doing that. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Syria, not the Syrians. Sorry, yes, the 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 Assad government specifically. Even. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <clears throat> so you have to remember that wars me- are not are not waged by entire countries. Well, they are waged by they are waged by like people in that country for that country, but there are a lot of people in these countries that don't want that to happen, that fight against that from happening, or are unaware that it's happening. Maybe it, it again. It also depends on the war. the uh, The first world war was immensely popular, at least at first, with uh, the general British public, for example. I mean, I I think that's true in other nations, but I I know a bit more about the UK and. Mm-hmm. You know, people were lining up to volunteer to go fight, and uh, people, you know, uh, uh, women were were, you know, get being encouraged to do a bit of naming and shaming to encourage men to go sign up if they, uh, you know, if if they were reluctant to do so. Um, so, World War II, the yeah. same thing happened. My my dad left high school to join up. Yeah, he was young. But that's because they thought it was a justified war, right? Well, I don't know about your grand, about your dad, but yeah, I think so. I, there's definitely like uh, uh, in 1914, there was definitely a lot of discussion in British media and public about a uh, brave little Belgium because the 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 Kaiser's forces invaded uh, uh, Belgium. Uh, which was a neutral country that said, hey, we don't want any part of this. But they went through Belgium in order to get to France and uh, they committed some brutal atrocities uh, beyond just like rolling through and shooting people who got in the way. Even after the Belgians surrendered, uh, there were still 
uh, uh, massacres and 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 violence and and destruction that the Germans wrought, and that uh, was one of the things that motivated public opinion in the UK to join uh, to to sign the uh, what was it, the Triple Entente? No, I can't remember what the sides were called in World War One, but to side with the French to actually get involved in the war. So, so human rights abuse of human rights is energized everybody to think it was justified. I guess. Yeah, in that case, anyways, yeah. and Atrocities, uh, atrocities against humans. Yeah, yeah, in that case, anyways, yeah. Uh, you know, World War II, uh, uh, World War II, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why. Sovereign dad... boundaries. Well, was your dad motivated by that, or did he, did he join because the Japs bombed Pearl Harbor and he was pissed at them, you know? Oh, Pearl Harbor was definitely motivating, but yeah. invasion of other peoples like the Polish, I've heard stories about Poland and how they mm-hmm. kind of, um, didn't think that Hitler would invade Poland and he signed papers and then he did. So yep. invasion of a, a sovereign nation is a, I guess, a rationale too, right? Yep. Or at least justifies it in some arenas. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's the, the stories you tell people to get them to go to war and then there's what actually motivates them and they aren't necessarily. Oh, Iraq, right. There were there weapons of mass destruction. So that he was like scared. Him. It scared people, right? You yeah, know, and the, and but plus, didn't they do nine eleven? Yeah, kind of, surely. Yeah, they didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a lot of people thought <laughs> they did. Of course, they didn't. But you know, because they conflated. My party conflated those two on purpose, right? Rumsfeld and yeah, what's not dash? your party. <laughs> Let's it let's, is my party. let's call this let's call this spade a spade. Not just your party. It was it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying the Democrats were all about it too. There were there were there were far too many American public figures, politicians, and media people, and 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 opinion columnists. Oh, I see what you're saying. Who who were like you know who were for the war, and some of them were absolutely like, well, we don't know that Saddam Hussein wasn't involved in 9-11 or whatever, or, or we think he was, or who knows, maybe he was. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. amount of senators yeah, that, that signed the, the authorization, yep. you know. Yeah. I, I, Sue, I'm 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 not blaming your party for everything at like this time. Just take the win. Oh, not yeah. today? Okay, yeah. thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I will take it gladly. Well, and it I've forgotten. It's true that a lot of con- Congress voted with that, and there's a lot of people that regretted their votes after oh, yeah. the fact. So that's useful. When, when the truth came out. Well, and it, that's I mean, a it's tough pretty one much Barbara Lee already... in the House, and that's about it. So <laughs> one reason why I still send her money. Well, and Obama, didn't he vote to her campaigns? Oh, okay. (laughs) She's a member of Congress. She's still there in in California. And she's about the only member of the House who voted against going to war in Iraq. Mm. Yeah. Well, the authorization is a force. Because a a lot of people said at the time that they weren't really offering to have us go. They wanted, um, Bush was making the argument he needed the threat in order to get the inspectors back in to look at all the facilities. Mm. And so a lot of people thought it was, well, he needs to be able to say, if you don't do this, we will, you know, we'll invade you. And then he went right in and invaded. So in a way he also deceived, he deceived the Congress as to what his intentions were. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that was kind of, oh, a, yeah. he was uh, yeah. deeply well, he w- wrong person. So 
His administration was well, full of liars. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he was invested in going to into Iraq before he even was president. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, the money so was good. So that's a terrible things. reason. Yeah. That's a terrible <laughs> reason to go to go to war. So we kind of all agree on that. That's a terrible oh. reason. You know, yeah, mis- yeah, yeah, yeah. misinformation and, and propaganda. Yeah, that's a terrible reason to go to war. Yeah. How about Japan bombing Pearl Harbor? Uh, I mean, at that point, the alternatives were go to war with Japan and fight over who controls the Pacific or just accept uh, that, you know, Japan's uh, invasion of the Philippines and displacement of Americans, American interests and powers from the Philippines. And it, it admittedly, we shouldn't have been there. Like our, our taking possession of the Philippines after the Spanish-American War, as Mark Twain, for example, pointed out at the time, was absolutely a betrayal of our uh, Republican small D democratic principles as, you know, the United States, the land of the free and place where we believe that everyone has inalienable rights. Like we have no business being an empire and we absolutely became an empire by taking over Cuba and the Philippines and other formerly Spanish possessions. But um, us getting, you know, us being driven out of the Philippines just meant that the Filipino people were being oppressed by the Japanese instead of by us. So that wasn't really better. Um, But, you know, really came down to do we want to let this do we want to just say, well, I guess uh, that was we had a good run and now it's over. Or are we going to fight this uh well this fascist regime because i mean the japanese even though they didn't call themselves fascists really you know they they tick all the same boxes they were authoritarian they were militaristic they were deeply racist and also uh conducted some genocide so i mean at at the very least but um this could go on for a little bit but we should probably take a break yes indeed let's take a short break uh play some psa's promos and station ids And we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. 
and uh, we're talking about war, um, uh, both as, as a as a general concept and as a sad reality of human existence, and uh, trying to uh, unpack it as a as a thing that people humans do, uh, and 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 how it connects to politics and you know, what we think about it um, to help our listeners maybe think about their opinions on the subject. Um, uh, For my, for myself, I think it's uh, probably worth specifying because I don't think I have tonight that um, I think war is sometimes, uh, sometimes the least crappy option of all the options available. Um, I don't think war is ever, war is never a good thing because it's it's mass killing um but sometimes it's it's the 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 least well the least crappy choice um for example uh in in uh 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 countries invaded by another country that wants to conquer it to just say well alternatives are we submit to the despot you know like Oh, here comes Genghis Khan, and he's going to kill a bunch of us and steal a bunch of stuff and burn some of our cities down. Uh, so what are we going to do about that? Well, maybe you want to decide, yeah, well, uh, it's better that he kills some of us and burns some of our cities down and then leaves the rest of us alone under, you know, to to survive as his vassals than the alternative, which is where he kills everybody. Or, you know, you say, well, you know, but, you know, we'd rather... We'd rather, you know, go out fighting and maybe drive them off. Uh, maybe we'll be the ones who beat the Mongols or not. You know, like th- th- that's the kind of situation where uh, I-, I think it makes sense um, because there's already violence and death coming your way. It's, someone else has already put you in the zero-sum game of kill or be killed we have you know either you know victory or death um so you know you you've got a you basically you've got those two choices you can fight and maybe win or you can be destroyed and uh other than that i think it gets really difficult to uh to make the argument um i don't think it's impossible uh um like I think there's some overlap between the justifications for war and the justifications for terrorism. And you know, terrorism? Well, yes, terrorism. Terrorism can we can offer justifications for terrorism because as I've mentioned before on this show, for example, John Brown, the famed abolitionist, the guy who was trying to uh, you know, it attacked Harper's Ferry to steal a whole bunch of weapons to arm, uh, uh, to create an army of uh, free blacks to uh, invade southern plantations and free the people enslaved there, you know, in those, you know, who are kidnapped to these privately owned work camps where they were, you know, enslaved and worked to death and so forth. Um, that's, you know, John Brown was on the right side of that. You know, and people, the United States had been struggling for decades uh, to try and 
end slavery uh, politically. But, you know, uh, our political process had failed. We'd had a number of compromises like the Missouri Compromise or the Compromise of 1850 and hadn't gotten anywhere. We hadn't actually ended slavery. It was still this thing that was, well, this this great evil that we were doing. And since talking wasn't getting the job done, since politicking wasn't getting the job done, John Brown said, well, all right, you know, we already have mass killing, violence and subjugation and whatnot. We already have a lot of the evils that war inflicts on the world happening anyways. So screw it. Let's fight. Let's kill people who uh, are enslaving other people. And it's awful. And I am really glad that I, you know, I, I don't know that I could go and, and join John Brown's band of, of killers and go out and, uh, you know, take part in massacres, but I agree with him that it's, 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 it's the right cause to do it in. And it's kind of seemed necessary. Um, you know, John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry, among other things, and his subsequent capture and execution for treason against the state of Virginia uh, was a big motivator, a big thing that that ramped things up and, and caused the Civil War to happen only about a year later. So. I don't know, like, is that freedom good? fighter that... or terrorist? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, he was both. He was absolutely a terrorist, 100 <laughs> percent. You know, they didn't have to use the term, but that is. You know, that those were his tactics. That was what he was doing. He was trying to use violence and intimidation to enact political change. That's a terrorist. And if he'd been able to actually uh, uh, get away with the raid on Harper's Ferry and then recruit enough people to raise an army, then uh, that would have been a war. But um, if he won, well, if he, well, it would have been sure, right. If he, if he'd lost, certainly an insurrection. Yes. Yes. All that is true. So I, you know, I like it's the, you know, it's, it's bloodshed and violence and murder and it's awful. And I don't, I wouldn't want any part of it, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm going to side with John, I'm going to side with John Brown over, you know, chief justice, Roger Taney or Henry Clay or James Calhoun or any of those other you know, prominent jerks in American history who owns who owned people and enslaved them like you know George Washington, and Thomas Jefferson. You know, I think John Brown has a stronger moral argument than they do. Um, so he was he was brave. That, too. That, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, courage, is, physical courage is is good. It's not, you know, it's it's not as important as. You know, like, I don't care if you're brave, if you're if you're doing terrible things, you know, like the people who did 9-11 crash those planes into buildings. They were brave. Doesn't matter. They were still that's, wrong. That's evil. What Bill Maher said. But yeah, yeah, but sure. I mean, that takes that takes physical bravery, but whatever. I'm sorry. So you were my, saying your your people. Yep. Mm-hmm. My my people, my conservative friends, they restate what you said earlier, you know, sort of home of the free, yeah. you know, this, this, you know, live free or die like in New Hampshire. And they say. Uh, land of the free because of the brave. And, you know, if if war is a failure of leadership or civilization or, you know, from John Brown's perspective, there was already a war. Mm -hmm. It was just undeclared. He just declared it. 
I mean, but it wasn't between sovereign states. And and so you consider that insurrection a war. So I guess that puts it on the map. It doesn't have to be between nations. No. And John Brown was radicalized by the guerrilla war of bleeding Kansas uh, in the 1850s. So, you know, that that turned him into the guy who then led the raid on Harper's Ferry. But he went and was one of the people fighting and 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 killing in Kansas uh in part because he's like well slavery is an a, you know an abomination before the lord and my christian faith calls me to to step forward and fight to to end it because again talking to people isn't getting it done so so what would it get for you guys to fight a war <laughs> like in what situation well, my party's fighting the war on women, and um, your party's fighting the war on Christmas. I mean, so I probably wouldn't join either one of those wars. Well, women and Christmas both have it coming. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Rife. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this, that's a reference that nobody's going to get. Um, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> I don't war on women. The the war on women is a bit more than the war on Christmas. I but think, neither is a but neither is actually a war. No. Um I mean a war I mean if, was, if you were part of the Uterati, I think you'd feel differently. But the Uterati? Okay. Did you <laughs> Sue? All right. Did you just it's see the, the Uterati? That yeah, that's the thing. That's I love it. Awesome. I love yeah, it. Me too. Me that's too. amazing. Um I I'm <laughs> It's wow. tyranny, it's oppression, <laughs> but it's not a <laughs> Well, if it was your body, you might think it was. But yeah, it's hard. It might be, it's I, hard I might to see it as it... a cause for war, but it's not currently a war. <laughs> right now, anyways. You know, yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I think that we use the word war very flippantly, honestly. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It, it like yeah, it yeah. like um the the war on Christmas. The I think the I think saying a like does a war have to be uh physical? Does it have to be does it have to involve weapons and and bloodshed? I kind of think the way it does. we're talking about it tonight. Yeah. yeah. The way that we're talking about it so far tonight, yeah. But does it uh I know I asked another question, but I think this is this is more interesting. Like what what makes a war like can can a war be bloodless? Can it be through politics lucky. and through oppression? No. Yeah, systematic okay. oppression. I no, think I, so. I think well, so because I think that's what we were doing in the Civil War. I mean, not the Civil War, our um, our revolution. Sorry. <laughs> well, the, the Civil War was, was both of those were they were called wars for good reason because they involved large groups of people lining up on battlefields and shooting guns at each other. I mean, I mean you the know, revolutionary <laughs> war, they, that, that was when we really started to seeing like, uh, the use of snipers. Um, yes, yes. Um, but it, it wasn't also all lining up. It was like dudes it, like it, in, in like it, taking gorilla. shots and then running. And it wasn't all, all dudes in uniform lining up and, and, and on battlefields. There exactly. was a lot of, there was a lot of of terrorism and banditry and you know vigilante attacks on people and whatnot. It 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 was ugly and it was very uh, interpersonal. 
um, mm. in, 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 in is, times. Is that Hamas? Is Hamas doing a guerrilla warfare against yeah. the IDF and Israel? I would argue yes. Uh, you know, they their their attack was cert, you know uh, uh, in October of 2023 uh, was certainly a a, a a you know a radical departure and whatnot. But you know they've been you know they they fired rockets at Israel for years out of Gaza, and you know conducted a lot of sort of uh, you know smaller like you know bombings or you know attacking people with knives or whatever you know they've done they've done acts of terror but an act of terror is uh also like precipitate well it's also like you know what's the difference between an act of terror and a uh guerrilla insurgency group uh you know bombing something you know bombing a you know like a like dropping off fighting yeah you know, like, their freedom. Like, well, if you're, you know, if 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 one were fighting, say, the vast and powerful United States military, the most terrifying and well-equipped and technologically advanced fighting force the world has ever seen, uh, one might well decide to, uh, uh, you know, use guerrilla tactics. You know, like uh, uh, attack from ambush, throw Molotov cocktails, and then run and hide in the population because standing up toe to toe Don't give them a target right standing up toe to toe with 101st airborne uh is a great way to die you know and uh you, you know nobody particularly wants to do that so i don't know but do, do you do you think uh uh it's possible to to have uh, a war that doesn't involve violence. Yeah, I think you could do cyber, cyber warfare. Hmm. Turning off electricity, damaging. Uh, yeah. I car bomb well, in Canada. Well, I don't think the, that was a, you know the, the, that. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, cyber warfare well, car bombs. You know, but I mean, if uh, on the one hand, it's like cyber war could include like, oh, we're going to shut down their website. You know, we're going to make it so that they can't interact with their customers or whatever. Uh, you know, like that's that's a cyber attack. But the grid you know, cut yeah. off water in Gaza, shut, well, shut off it, the desalinization plants. Sure. You know, that's or, an act of war, isn't it? Absolutely. Um you know, and uh, uh, setting it up so that uh, uh, people are starving and hungry because of your because of, of your group's, sub, you know, uh, well, uh, creating creating a blockade through like screwing up the logistics of another nation or whatever. I could I could see that. Like if it's if you're doing it to like, you know, make a point and you're trying to hurt people and especially if people get die because of it, you know, I, I could see cyber i could see saying cyber warfare is 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 part of warfare you know like hacking the air traffic control grid of a of a place you know suddenly causing every plane flying into you know laguardia to crash or whatever that's that certainly seems like uh like a like a thing that would qualify for war i don't know I'm not i'm not an expert on this stuff <laughs> yeah well and whether it's justified or not right is kind of our 
I see him at the night. So let's go back to my my first question. What would it take for you guys to participate in a war? Like directly? Should I go first, Sue? Go go Fed Sue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just gonna say if somebody I knew or loved was being harmed, I'd go to war in a second. If I if I believe that, you know, that was the responsible party and you know like if i had a lot of ukrainian relatives and you know i saw what putin was doing i'd be over there in a second of course i'm too old to serve but the impulse would be there mike that's the only answer i have Hmm. well you know and and the you know these these are emotional decisions as much as they are you know, like reasoned policies positions and statements and whatnot so 100 percent that's that makes sense that's valid um for me um i think it has it, like it, it would have to be a situation where um It'd have to be a situation where I I feel like I don't think, you know, when you're talking about like war where you've got large groups of people killing one another, like there are no good guys in that. But uh, a conflict you mean once where, it started. Yeah. Like cause, because it's everybody's killing each other. But once but when I can see like a a clear moral distinction between the two sides. And there's one side that is less bad, you know, where their war aims are something that I think is actually w worth the the effort. So, you know, for example, uh, 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 fighting off an invading uh, power, uh, you know, like the Ukrainians uh, uh, in 2022, for example, fighting off the Russians like that. That's a war. If I had been living in Ukraine, I absolutely would have been participating in some way in in that resistance to uh, Russian aggression. I, I don't know if I'd grab a gun and be out there shooting at people. Um, for one thing, I don't know if I'm a good shot at all. But uh, but there's lots of ways to help to be part of the effort. And I think that makes sense because, I mean, especially in retrospect, as we see, oh, look, the Russians are... Uh, <laughs> Are, are conducting war crimes they're like doing mass executions and torture like yeah absolutely like like don't be conquered by the russians um but the the american civil war um uh you know what one side is fighting to uh maintain a, a, an an economy an economy and a and a politics and a and a and uh uh society based in enslaving people and the other was fighting to stop that and just yeah you know slavery is worth fighting like the kind of horrible tyranny that involves is worth stopping um uh i could see signing up world war ii because uh oh, wow, the Germans have built murder factories and are actually just exterminating people wholesale we got to stop that like that to me is something i can get behind like you know the united states in world war ii 
like we built our own concentration camps and we put a whole bunch of Japanese American people in them. Um, and people did die, but they weren't deliberately set up to murder people. They they were awful and bad, but they weren't they had food and water. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they were they were bad, but they weren't. The point of them wasn't to actually kill the people sent to them, where which was the point of places like Auschwitz. So, you know, there is a difference. And uh, the Germans only stopped doing the Holocaust because, well, largely the Red Army, you know, because the Allies stopped them. You know, it's like, you know, Russian American forces were coming through and they they we forced them to stop. That was it. So that was that was an actual good thing that came out of World War Two. Like doing that Even was, was was worth. Russia doing. did atrocities. Also. The Russians absolutely. Oh God! Like 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 the famous Gulag Archipelago, as uh, Solzhenitsyn put it. That all, all of that's true. But I just you know stopping the Holocaust was a good thing to do. Um, there's a lot of things to 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 you know difficult moral questions to to grapple with in in war in general and in world war ii in particular but you know stopping the holocaust was good ending slavery in the united states ending slavery in the united states was good you know um those were good things that came out of that so that's kind of where i would come down on that i don't know john what about you heard from genre (laughs) Well, I mean, John, the, t- the first half talked about how he didn't think he could ever really be part of it, uh, part of a war. But I don't know, man. Uh, My back's you- up against the wall or someone I love backs up against the wall, then then that's it. Yeah. Um, if uh, if there was an invading army coming into Massachusetts and like they're cutting a swath through Eastern Mass coming at here first, try to get away. Obviously, try to get as many people. But if that's not possible and someone hands me a gun and says, this is like if like your your family is going to die, if you don't, then I'd be like, yep. Cool. But not for your country. hmm. No. What if what if it was just (laughs) D.C.? It wasn't here in mass. It was, you know, somebody took over D.C., and they started changing all the rules and they got rid of the Supreme court and, you know, wasn't they, we all had food and water and we were all living our lives. It was just, there's going to be a new regime. Then that's the session. Or that if, at first, unless they're sending in people to try to kill other people that, like I have a connection to and it's very selfish, but that's, you know, like that, that is very the human. line. Yeah. It's, very it, human. It, I can't, I, I won't abide by anybody hurting anybody that I care about. I won't. Yeah, I won't. That's it. Um, there was a situation where, uh, my partner was having an issue at a store and they the the person at the store was being like a huge jerk to them um and i was like do you want me to call them do you want me to go there because i was about to go off 
on this Take person. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to handle it. And that's, that would, if, if someone, if someone was like harassing Sue and I knew who it was, then there's a very good possibility that I would be driving to their house with a crowbar <laughs> or something. It That's, that's where I am. Like for or real. Do a little cyber warfare. <laughs> So no, that's no. I would be going over to their house because direct. that yeah, that that's the it would have to end. And if I had a way to end it, then I would do that. But that would be my my or someone else's backup is up against the wall. If I can help, then I will do that. But it is in defense. If someone if I if yeah. I repelled that and they went away, then I'm not going to chase after them. So uh, we're almost out of time, but I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, it's the spring of 1862. Uh, you're in America. You're living here in Massachusetts. Um, would you like would you be willing to consider enlisting to fight in the Union Army against the Confederacy? If not you know, would you be willing to pay extra in taxes? Like how much support would you be giving to president Lincoln in his efforts to, uh, win, win the war against the Confederacy? I, I mean, I, am I'd I be white? down. No, you're you. I'm me. Yeah. I've thought I about this. I would absolutely. Taxes. He's in, you're, he's as in a, France. As a, as a, as a, <laughs> as a free black citizen of Massachusetts. I mean, if I could swing that, then, uh, then yeah, I'd pay more in taxes. Yeah. Okay. So you would, you would be, you might not be willing to fight, but you would support, oh, the, that war. Yeah. The war effort. My violence comes, my, my, my propensity for violence comes when there is no other choice and it's at the door. I can see that. Yeah, that's that's where my line is. If someone if someone's going to get hurt or someone uh, like if someone I like is going to get hurt and there's nothing else I can do about it, or if I know they're going to hurt someone I I care about again, then uh, that's when I get activated. But before that, no, I can't do it. It, That's that is I am I am response. That's me. Well, uh, we are just at the end. But Sue. uh... I, I, 1862. Would you? Uh, what would you do? Uh, how how far would you go in support of the Union in the Civil War? Would well, you we were in the Canada. Union? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My family was in Canada. All right. <laughs> or the Indians. Yeah, would support the Indians. Well, and one of the things I was thinking about is, do I support the U.S. being in leadership, going all over the world trying to make up for horrible things that are happening on civil rights? And I, I do actually, you know, I do support us giving lots of money and bombs to Ukraine. And I do support us trying to get Israel to stop bombing the bejeepers out of Palestine, you know, cause it's human rights thing. I think, I think there's, I, I can't imagine genre that you don't support that too. Maybe not Palestine, but, um, Oh, I, I, I support Palestine. I don't support Israel. Yeah, well, but I mean, and, our government, but, what our government's doing there, because we're kind know, of on the... And a, a concern for human rights is pretty much the opposite of going to war. Like, it's really 
like I said, like pretty much like I think you got to be in John Brown situation before it makes sense to say, let's go to war for rights. Like, no. What? No. Did you hear what the IDF said? We have to kill the hostages to save them. Uh, Just kidding. But well, that's I mean, the famous the line from Vietnam. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> they're dropping bombs on the tunnels. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. It's it is horrible. horrible. Well, we, we really are. war is horrible. Yes. So I'm, I'm in, in it. it and I hope we never have to fight one. But we are we are out of time here. So Sue, genre, uh, thanks for a, a great discussion. Uh, uh, we'll probably pick up more of this later. Anyway, coming up next, we got uh, subculture table of contents and OK Asia. Uh, we got a repeat broadcast Monday at four. We got uh, uh, a podcast of this going out tomorrow morning. And uh, Civil Politics will be airing starting at 6 p.m. starting on uh, Friday, January 5th of next year. So check us out at that time then. Um, Thanks for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.